from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode two hundred and seventeen. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Harry's and Casper. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mister Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you doing, sir? I am very well, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Not only am I feeling good, I think I'm sounding pretty good too. What do you think? Oh yeah, baby, you're sounding amazing. <laughs> so this is super interesting i've been really busy i've been at the dc pen show i've got so many things to talk about and mike um took the torch uh for this episode in writing the show notes and just because i've been so busy i was telling him oh i haven't had time to put down all my thoughts to get some notes done so i pop into the document last night and mike started the show notes and with all this awesome stuff to talk about, what's the first thing we're going to talk about today, Mike? Your new audio gear. So you can tell <laughs> I wrote it. Yeah, so we're, we're peeling back the curtain in the first half of the show. Not only are we talking about the fact that I wrote the notes, because usually Brad writes the notes and then I go in and I add stuff and I read stuff. But this time I opened up my uh, document this morning and there was nothing in there. And, and when there's nothing in there in the morning, it means Brad's having some <laughs> kind of crisis. Uh, so I sat down and, and put in what I thought the notes could be and then Brad added to them. A very good team like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. the, the other part is that, yes, we're going to talk about Brad's new audio gear. We have been recording this show for like four years or something. And Brad, for that whole time, has been using a microphone called the Blue Yeti. It was the microphone that I used to use uh, back in the day. So it's a really great USB microphone. It has a bunch of great settings. You can record multiple people with it if they're close to it. And it tends to run between... Between seventy five and one hundred and fifty dollars, it's it's on deals on Amazon a lot. Uh, right now, it's a hundred and twenty four dollars as we as we talk today. And so, I will just start off this discussion by saying that if you are interested in podcasting, uh, this is the microphone that I recommend. Everything else that we're about to talk about right now, I don't recommend if you're beginning. But if you are uh, doing podcasting and you're interested in it and you're looking to get an upgrade, this set of equipment that we have got for Brad is a really great second step. And this comes just from the fact that we have been doing this at Relay FM for long enough that we have this kind of standard set of equipment that we think is is the pretty good next step and it's the equipment that we're going to talk about today. Like I have a set of all of it myself um for mobile recording. What I was going to say is what's funny is last week we talked about this after the show and like everyone wanted to know what we were using so we figured we'd just plug it into the beginning of this podcast real quick now that it's live and and different and uh Hopefully better. It's got to be better, right? And the the, the Blue Yeti ser- served us well for years and years and years. And uh, so why don't you take us through what, what this setup is like? And, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give myself big props. I had this all set up for Mike this morning. We didn't have to tweak very much. No, I couldn't believe it. I was I was setting out this morning <laughs> to do some serious go me. work with Brad to set this stuff up. Because it's not easy stuff to set up if you've never done it before. But that old Dowdy, he's a, he's a smart cookie. So... You have uh, the microphone now that you're using is the Shure Beta 58A. Um, there are a bunch of different microphones like this that Shure make. Uh, we may get you a different one in the future after we see because the the 58A can be a little bit bassy. Um, but I think that sounds pretty good for your voice, but we're going to see how we go with that over time. Uh, these are the microphones that we have used on all of the live recordings. So uh, the last live episode in Atlanta, we used these microphones. The three of us did because um, this is part of uh, the Relay FM traveling 
kit as well as the fact that I also now have my own traveling kit because it's so good and relatively small for what you're getting. So the Beta 58A, it is a pretty good microphone. Uh, it's it's a kind of a staple of this stuff. It is a super cardioid dynamic microphone. Uh, so it's pretty good at not picking up background noise and stuff like that, which we really wanted. Uh, but there are a bunch of different things that you need to do with a microphone like this than what you need to do with something like the Blue Yeti. The Blue Yeti is like an all-in-one piece of kit. It has a stand, you know, it's built into it. It has mute switch built into it. It has everything. And then all you need to do is just plug the sucker in and you're good to go. But that's not what we have here. You know, with the uh, Beta 58A, you need to have an audio interface to plug it into, which is a USB audio interface. So you have a, an XLR cable connection coming from the microphone, which is a, an audio cable, which plugs into the audio interface. And then we set up the audio interface with volume, and that's where Brad plugs his headphones in so he can hear himself talk and stuff like that. And then that plugs via USB into Brad's computer. And the Tascam US 2x2 is the audio interface that we're using. It's pretty small, and it's pretty good for what you get and uh, you don't need to have any software installed to use it which is a, a, a really good thing I like not having to worry about that um, and so this is a really good piece of kit and it's relatively small for, for what it gets these things can be pretty huge and also it's not too expensive so I use something called the uh, USB Pre 2 which is the same kind of thing that that this Tascam is it's an audio interface but it's like three times more expensive and it's just it has a few little features that I like so it's like with a lot of my equipment so I have like stages above Brad because I've used the kind of middle ground stuff like like we have him using now. And because you're the boss. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, this is all I do, right? Like he's talking into this stuff. So like what we've done for you is, I mean, this stuff, maybe the entire thing, we also got you a uh, an arm, like a boom arm to rest it all on. So this is one of the other things you need with this type of microphone. You need a boom arm and a shock mount and all that stuff because a lot of that stuff is built, built into the Yeti. It has its own stand. So maybe this whole filter. this whole thing probably cost about three or $400, I think, right? That seems pretty good for for all this stuff. I would have thought it would have cost him more. Yeah, because I don't know anything about this stuff. I just I trust you implicitly on this. Obviously, you want the best output yep. that you can, so you're going to do that uh, accordingly. So that seems pretty fair, quite so honestly. Exactly, I think so. So it's about three or four hundred dollars. And I mean, so you know, you start off with a hundred dollars, and then you're about three or four hundred dollars. And in my my equipment, I mean, okay, so this has been built up over a long time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We're looking over two grand for the stuff that I have. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's a that's a different animal. But I know I don't have 2x sound quality than you do. Like I don't mm. sound two times better than you do, especially not now before I did easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the reasons that we've done this is I was uh, personally getting fed up of editing the show and hearing me sound good and mm-hmm. then you weren't at the level that I wanted you to be, which is mm-hmm. why we've done this. And this is I, we've been promising to do this forever and it, I finally pulled my finger out and, and pulled the trigger. And it's because uh, I love this show and I think this show is very important and I want to make sure that we give it the best audio quality that we can. So we've decided that we wanted to put the money into it and do it because it's needed now, I think, as we continue to push forward. Yeah, yes. Especially because for, for reasons unknown to me, uh, we're picking up more and more people now and I don't know where they're coming from. So hello, everybody. Yeah, so... You know, while this isn't uh, an on-topic thing, we're pointing this out because we're able to do this because of you guys, you know, and we know that the listenership's out there. Um, we know that the listenership's growing and we want to put out the best product that we can and doing these things um, 
you know, like upgrading my, my side of the audio um, spectrum is just going to make the show better. And, you know, we wanted to, people like to, you know, dig into these things a little bit and we're not going to spend much time on it. You won't hear us talking about it again, probably, but there are a lot of people that wanted to know what the, uh, what the new rig was going to be. So I, th- I think that kind of covers it, right? Yeah, I think so. If people have any questions about this, hit me up. Uh, I don't know everything, but I know what I know, if that makes sense. And, and it's just stuff that yeah. I've accumulated over time. Don't hit me up because I have no clue. You should have heard me uh, moving around the boom arm while me, me and Mike were trying to set this up. But we got it going. I knew enough. I know enough to plug things in the right place and get the knobs knobs spun up. Um, after that, yep. yeah, I got nothing. So, and I hope as a listener out there, uh, you appreciate it because that's what we care about the most. I hope that I hope that it sounds better to you. So, uh, whilst we're talking about equipment, maybe we should talk, but get a bit more on topic and talk about the stationery we're using today. <laughs> <laughs> so i had no plans like i was i was setting up all the hardware and forgot to bring anything into the room where i'm setting up because i didn't know where we we're going to go from setup to recording so i told mike well hang on let me just go grab i need to go grab a couple things before we start recording because i'm actually in a new room because this setup's a little bigger than my my other setup i'm actually in the old room i used to record in mike when we when we were starting the oh. which is uh, known as the kids' playroom recording studio, as opposed to the guest bedroom recording studio, huh. um, because it fits the boom arm better. But anyway, I had to run out and grab a couple of things. I wanted to grab some of the pens that we're going to talk about later that I picked up in DC, and I'm using one of them, and it's the Aurora Optima Demonstrator. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful pen. We're going to talk about it more in a minute. Um, it's filled with a lovely orange ink, which we will also talk about in a minute. And the first thing I grabbed was the Field Notes by line edition notebook because number one i could see it on my desk which is um not everything right now on my desk you can see as in like the top of my desk you can't really see that so this was still sitting on to the top to the side so that was the first thing i grabbed knowing that it would work well with these fountain pens and it continues to impress interesting all right we're gonna talk about that a little bit later on that pen yeah i'm using byline mm-hmm. too because I freaking love it um, I've actually, uh, this book, I've flipped it over and started using the other uh, backs of the pages now. Nice. <laughs> Trying to extend these things for as long as possible. Um, and I, today, am using the Baron Fig Squire um, as, my, mm. as my pen for the day. That's such a good little pen. Yeah, and I uh, I bought some uh, refills, for Retro 51 refills, and I bought a blue one, uh, which I'd not yeah. used before. And it's just a nice change. Yeah, that's actually what I chose to ship it. You could actually choose blue or black when uh, I ordered it from the Kickstarter. And I oh, chose okay, blue, cool. So that's what's in mind. I'm, I think I chose black and then just changed it. Yeah. One thing on the Byline Edition, um, friend of the show, and you've met him, and you, friend of you and I, Anthony Weller, who lives in Atlanta, and yep. uh, he, he travels. He was out uh, helping out at WWDC. He, was, he came to the DC Pin Show, and he informed me that I think the number, if I have it correct, was he just ordered 14 more packs of the Byline oh. Edition. I, have, I did get another three. <laughs> so I don't want any more grief on the, uh, the five Nixons I bought last week, okay? Well, this was what uh, Thomas did when, with the, um, what was it? Night Sky. And then he nice sent guy. them all to me, right? When they brought the, <laughs> when they brought the black ones in, because he just liked the black, yeah. uh, but yeah. preferred that, to just, but didn't really like the reticle grid. But he wanted black field yeah. notes, so then I ended up with them all, which was great. <laughs> Talking about field notes, I want to provide a little bit of Mike was right follow up from last week. Remember, we were talking. I was talking about the 
everything the eek the everything extended kit edition draplin field notes and mm-hmm. i mentioned the texture of the cover reminding me of raven's wing well yeah. uh the good old Ginny at three staples has proven me right here and she took some close-up photos of raven's wing and the uh the, the the special editions next to each other and whilst they're not the same paper exactly they've clearly been picked up as a way to hark back to it because it's the same style of paper made by the same company but just not the same model but it's when you look at them next to each other you can see that there is that texture yeah it looks almost identical and it just could it could be the exact same paper it just could be variances and die lots you know sometimes that happens with paper and fabric as i learn um that's spot on. You're ex- exactly 100% right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I see. I, I knew it. Like it, it was The problem was is I, it was just something that felt right in my brain. Right? But I, I, I right. hadn't checked it I, because I, I don't even... I know I have Raven's Wing, but they're in a box somewhere. Um, so, yeah. Yep. And uh, I'm, very, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Perfect, perfect. That's that's a great addition. I uh, I had a funny thing yesterday. Uh, I was calling with an insurance person. My life has become just <laughs> full of boring adult things now. Talking to different agents, talking to different solicitors and stuff, and it's you know that's just how it is, unfortunately, right now. And and I needed to take some notes, and I picked up my field notes, and it the field notes book that I had on my desk was full, and I opened my cupboard. Well, I'm on the phone with this guy to try and pick a field notes out, and I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't decide which one to pick. So then I just picked like some random book that I was on my desk and just started writing in there. I had the paralysis of choice while I was on the phone, but then after the phone call, I decided that I picked up one of the uh, the extended kit everything editions, the pretty much everything editions which we've been talking about, and that is now on my desk. So I'm going to be using one of these bad boys because that's the type of person I am. Yeah, that was the exact question I was holding out for. Are you going to use these? And the answer is yes, and I love you very much for that. Yep, I'm, I've just picked up. I've got two packs. One can stay in there, and I have three books to use. Sure, sure, you sure. Why well, else? I mean, good. you know, I am hoarding these things, but I'm hoarding them mm-hmm. with the intention to use. Like, I don't hoard for the sake of hoarding. Like, there is, you know, I will use these books, but I know I'll never use them all. Right. All right, we should talk about the DC Pen Show, which you've just come back from. Before we do that, let's thank Harry's for sponsoring this week's episode. Now, I know that out there in the world, anybody that buys razors is more than used to the fact of, hey, we have this new feature. Now the razor is an extra dollar more. It's it's double the price. We have all this amazing stuff. This is something that we're used to seeing from razor companies, not from Harry's. Harry's will make their razors and their blades better and they will charge you the exact same price because that's the cool kind of company that they are. Harry's five-blade razors now include a softer flex hinge for a more comfortable glide, a trimmer blade for hard-to-reach places, a lubricating strip, and they also have a new textured razor handle for more grip and control when your hands are wet and soapy. Harry's believes in the quality of these new razors as much as the last ones, if not more. They will give you a full refund if you're not happy. They are still just $2 a blade, no price change. And this is why an everyday shaver will continue to save, on average, $150 each year on blades when they use Harry's. Now, Brad, I know that last week uh, I excited you with the news of the trimmer blade uh, that is on 
on the razor that you have. Have you been using the trimmer blade over the last week to keep yourself looking nice and sharp? <laughs> yeah, I have. You do a little, uh, little extra trimming around the uh, the beard there. So yeah, the the trimmer blade trimmer blade works out well for that. So I tell you what, that's <laughs> that good for. It's like good for like cheeks and stuff. You know, you get a little bit yep. of hair on the cheek above the beard. Like you can use those those mm. like just those blades. It's basically it's on the back, right? You just flip it over and you can right. use that extra yeah, you flip bit it of over. trimming get that angle so um one quick harry story so i had a roommate at the dc pin show the uh the world famous uh father kyle was my roommate and uh lo and behold sitting on our our shared sink was the the olive green harry's handle um so father kyle is is all about the harry's yes i love that guy <laughs> oh man it was so sad for me to see pictures of of you guys and i wanted to be there with you and just to say, just, you know, one quick thing about Father Kyle, he takes the best pictures ever. Like, every picture with him in it is amazing. So, yep. there's that. Harry starts set. We are still talking about Harry's. I guess this episode <laughs> is also brought to you by Father Kyle. I guess. I don't know. Uh, this <laughs> Harry starts set is an amazing deal. For just $15, you can grab yourself a weighted razor handle, moisturizing shave cream, and three precision-engineered five-blade cartridges. And you also get a travel cover, too. What an incredible deal that is for $15. What about if I told you you can get it for $10? If you go to harrys.com right now and use the coupon code PENADDICT to check out with your first purchase, you'll get $5 off. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Coupon code PENADDICT to check out for a special $5 off. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. Holy cow, the DC pin show. Oh, man. I've got to say, so I was I was talking... Me, me and Tiff Arment were having a conversation the other day, and uh, we were just sharing with each other how jealous we were of everybody at DC, uh, which has launched, in my mind, a plan. And I've shared this with you. I have a plan to to do DC next year. Okay. I have a plan. Yeah. I, it's, um... This was the best pen show I've been to, I think. Why? I don't know. Like, I can't put a direct finger on it, but mm-hmm. the vibe was so positive. Um, it was just such a good environment. Um, everything went off without a hitch. I mean, you know, I worked most of the time. But even then, you know, just getting to meet and talk to the people that were just so amped up to be there, it was just, it was just, from a big picture standpoint, it was just super cool, um, really fun, and just really you know worth making the trip and i'm glad so many people came it was just um it was like i said it's hard to pin down like one exact thing but just the overall experience was fantastic and but i mean it's it's the people that cause that right i mean it's the people who who came and traveled and you know stopped by to say hi and you know it it was just an all-around really really great comfortable fun show it was it was epic all right, so I want to know a little bit about it. So mm-hmm. just your whole experience that I hope will end up adding up to and giving an idea of why it was such a fun show, right, So we, as we go through it. There was something that we spoke about last week. I think it was on the show about the fact that you were taking a checked bag, right, which you mm-hmm. usually don't do. Could you tell everybody how heavy that bag was? Well, so this is the kicker. So on the way out, I had to bring a bunch of, there were some knock orders um, that I needed to bring and a bunch of other things I needed to bring for uh, giveaways for the Kenro party. Like they asked me for some stuff for swag bags and things like that. So I just had a bunch of extra stuff other than clothes. And when I checked the bag, it was 33 pounds. Um, 
on the the scale out there. And I thought like it didn't feel like stupid to me, you know, wheeling it around, but it was it was pretty heavy. What really caught me off guard was the bag on the return trip was thirty six pounds. What? So it was heavier. <laughs> so it was heavier, and and you'll find out why <laughs> as we go into. So this. you left at thirty three pounds and came <laughs> back at thirty six. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> so you had to pay both times, I assume. Oh yeah, I mean it wasn't an overage. They don't go over till forty five or fifty. Oh, I think, okay. On Delta, okay. but I had to pay to check regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I didn't pay to check on the way back, but that's that's a whole different story because I flew a different airline, which we will also get to. Oh that. yeah, we're gonna get to that later on. But uh, yeah, yeah. So three pounds heavier on the way back, and the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Um, so so we'll figure it out. But yeah, it was. Uh, I packed a lot, and it also made me realize that you know I'm not going to carry on going to San Francisco either. If if that was the result, if the way I packed when I came home from DC is going to be anything, if San Francisco is anything like that, I am super super in trouble. So I'll probably um I'll probably just go ahead and check for San Francisco, but we'll see. All right, so obviously you're working the whole time that you're there. You're working at Venice. Yep. This was the second time you've done DC with Venice, and maybe like the maybe the third or fourth show that you've worked with with Venice Pens in total, right on their on their booths. Yeah. Um, how did it go uh, working there, and how was it compared to last year? So year over year, Friday was way busier. So I think a lot of people came in earlier bought the weekend trader pass, got in on Friday and we're just there, you know, to be involved in the atmosphere. So Friday was way busier. Saturday was just as busy as far as sales go as the previous year, but less busy as far as the crowd pacing went. So I think we're all trying to figure it out and we'll have to ask the show promoter directly. So in years past, he's lined everyone up out the hotel door down around the block um, to let them in at 10 o'clock or whenever the doors open on Saturday this year, I think the number one, there were more weekend pass holders. So that lowered that line. And number two, I think he just started anytime, like after nine o'clock when these people came up to pay, he just let them in. So we didn't have that bum rush of people where you felt overwhelmed. Like we did last year, like over Last year, like the aisleways would get so packed, like you would have a hard time walking through. This year, we could have been two or three deep at the table, and that's fine. Um, and it was manageable. It was never to a point where people couldn't get to the Van S. Penn's table. So while it mm-hmm. didn't appear to be busier, I think it was appearances only. I think the same amount of people came through. It was just much better paced because of the way they let people in. There was never a line. Um, you know, like the longest line at the registration desk was maybe like 10 or 20 people, where in the past it's been hundreds of people and all those flood in at the same time and you just kind of get overwhelmed for a couple of hours. This was just like completely paced throughout the whole day and um, it worked exceptionally well, we thought, especially for us trying to sell. So it was me, Lisa, Anna, Father Kyle, and Lisa's daughter, Cassie. So there were five of us working the table. And, you know, we would all be going at the same time, but it was never like we were leaving people hanging, right? So it was uh, whatever they did to alleviate that initial pressure worked. And whether it was, you know, something done on purpose or just a result of more people coming on Friday, it didn't matter, like, as far as sales went. Like, sales were better 
this year than last year. Sunday was kind of exactly the same. Sunday's just a slow day at the show. Um, you know, a lot of people are getting out, you know, early afternoon Sunday, so they're not around much on Sunday. And it just, Sunday was pretty much the exact same. But overall, um, better crowds as far as manageability, better sales um, as far as dollars, I'm thinking. Um, right. It just big picture, just everything was better. I, I want I, smoother. Isn't the right word. Cause it's not like last year went bad, but there were some moments last year where we're like, Oh my gosh, I can't help all these people. And this year it wasn't that way. It was just right. So it was perfect. That's probably a combination of improved crowd control in some unknown way. And, uh, also the fact that I guess you're settled into knowing how to do this stuff. You're a bit of a mm-hmm. veteran now when it comes to science pen shows. Yeah, yeah, that that does help too. Like the second time, it just makes a huge difference. Even if you're just attending a pen show for the second time, it's a it's one hundred percent different experience. Um, did you see any difference in the people? I know we've spoken about this before, but like, did you see um, any difference in age range? Was there like different kind of like social media and blogger interest than there was maybe at the last show, or is that just kind of like trundling along? No, I think it was, I think there was more of our age group, our demographic people that are into like the pen addict stuff or, you know, read all these other bloggers like, you know, Well-Appointed Desk and Pen Habit. There were so many bloggers there to meet. There were so many just readers and, you know, people I've talked to online for years and years, um, you know, make a point to come to this show. And I still had tons of people coming up to me at night saying, how different this crowd was and how much it still like trips out these, you know, veterans who've been doing these show circuits for decades still to this show, it confuses them. So was there no change there on that end from, it seemed like people were still just not really understanding what was going on. No, I think it's getting better. Like there's way more understanding. There's way more acceptance. There's way more communication and the ones who haven't grasped onto that, you know, in the past couple of years, they're starting to figure it out more this year. Like every year, every year or every show, there's a few more. Okay, this isn't going away. <laughs> I should figure out what's going on. And I mean, I've got some, you know, some anecdotes. You know, some of them I can't even share just because I don't want to call any people out. But it was it's positive stuff. I just don't want to put anyone's name on it. But it was like wow. This is like, I should be involved in this. You know, I should go to the meetup, you know, that they have at night and look at this crowd that's in here and and things like that. It was um, still to this day, Lisa's getting it from people she's known for years and years and years. I'm getting it from people who were here last year um, talking about the differences in this year. And last year, last year was amazing. Last year was really, really great. Um, It was better in every way this year. It just was. How were the parties? <laughs> they were excellent. Um, Carrie and I put on a meetup with the help of Van S and Well-Appointed Desk. And and uh, Anna and Lisa, you know, helped us out just gob tons. And Matt helped us out a ton um, from Pen Habit the whole weekend. The, you know, we blew out the capacity of this room. It's a 50-person capacity room. Um, there are way more people than that. We, we overloaded the air conditioner. At least it was on this year as opposed to last year where it was a sauna because there it wasn't flat out wasn't running. If we had that this year, um, this thing wouldn't have lasted 20 minutes, but 
Um, this was a great, great event. And it's the way Carrie and I set it up is that it's literally just a meetup. Like we're not doing anything, you know, there's, you know, you, me and Carrie said, you know, a couple of words thanking the sponsors that helped us do it. Um, and then we did door prizes and we just let everyone hang out, you know, it, every, people, you know, bring their beers from the bar, um, bring their pens and paper, talk to people that they haven't had a chance to at the show yet because so many people come to the, uh, come to the party. Um, our good friend, friends, the Olins, Sergeant Stretch here in the, in the chat room, uh, Phil and Ashley, they brought, um, they, she made some beer bread. That was amazing. We had all kinds right. of, um, you know, sweets and snacks. Uh, Phil brought some growlers of beer that we broke out a little bit later. Um, we ended up just like staying so late in that room just because it was just a good, good, um, event. The vibe is just really, really good. Everyone just wants to be there to hang out, right? It's like, we don't have to do anything. Just get like-minded folks together and hang out, you know, nothing more than that. Um, we don't, you know, we try not to oversell it, you know, that it's going to be something mind blowing, but we just want to get together and hang out. You know, people want to be together, do something nice for the community. Um, you know, giving a few things back and my goodness, we must've had 20, 20 things to give away. It was, uh, it was never ending. Lots of people won lots of stuff, um, just for door prizes, just for, uh, coming and hanging out with us and, uh, chit chatting for a while. It was amazing. It was, it was really, really wonderful. And so we're talking about like the kind of the blogger interest and stuff like that. Um, whilst you were there, Instagram stories launched. I know Instagram's a big thing in, in the pen community. Uh, so Instagram stories, in theory, should add on to that. Uh, did you use it? Were you seeing other people use it? Was there any talk about it at the pen show? Yeah, there actually was some pretty good talk about it. And it launched, I think, the the day or the day before I was traveling. So I use it on my little travel adventures. And I've always thought that was kind of the neatest thing about Snapchat, which I've never really gotten into because I think it's a kind of a kludgy interface. It's not very intuitive. Well, I'm so ingrained into Instagram, it, it felt like second nature for me to do. Um, and I've loved seeing all the stories that people are putting together. I've seen some really cool ones so far. I think it's going to be a pretty good thing. Not too many people were using it there. And again, we always talk about it at shows like this. When you're actually face-to-face talking with people, it's really hard to remember to take pictures, which is good. Like, not everyone has their phone out, you know, all the time. Like, I'll take some pictures, um, you know, sparingly put my phone back in my pocket and then get back to talking to people, um, which is the way I think most people handle it. And um, so there weren't, I didn't notice a bunch of stories necessarily from the show, but I think in general, like the, the Instagram stories is going to be a really good thing. Yeah, I was, I've been using it and I enjoy it a lot. I think I agree with you. Like that. I know people get Snapchat. I don't get it, but I use Instagram mm-hmm. already. So the addition of this feature onto something is easier for me than trying to learn to use another app and start a new social network with people. Like everybody that I know and like to follow is on Instagram. So like my kind of friend network is there. Mm-hmm. So I get what I want from it already because everybody's already built in. And now they've just added these tools on top, which have allowed me to do funny little things. Like I was uh, chronicling a big day that we had and, and we're going all over London, all over England doing random mm-hmm. things. Uh, and then another one, like I was doing a little mini review of a keyboard case that I got, like stuff that I wouldn't put anywhere else. But like yeah. it gives me somewhere to throw it for 24 hours and it's just this ephemeral nonsense and I can be silly with it and it's gone. So I like yeah. it. I think it's fun. Yeah, and and Glenn brought up a good point, which we didn't realize till Sunday when we were finally talking about it. 
almost no periscoping this year. Periscope had just come out for last year's show. Uh-huh. So we were peris- people were periscoping left and right. I didn't take one, and I don't recall getting a single alert from anyone taking one that I needed to see at the show. Maybe and I, I think we all realized it on Sunday. Like, we all started, kind of looked at each other like, did you periscope anything? Or like, no, I did. it didn't even come up even once. I feel like this would have more of a chance of sticking because everyone's still Instagramming, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no reason for me. I'm in Instagram a bunch already, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm never in Periscope unless I get an alert. Um, And then we mentioned this. This is kind of just tangentially related. You were stuck in like a disaster. Delta had a complete systems failure, right? So what happened to you? (laughs) So I didn't realize. So I woke up in the morning. This happened in the middle of the night. So you don't know these things when you wake up. And luckily, my wife was the first one to tell me when she texted. She said, hey, my parents just called and you're on Delta, right? And I said, yeah, I'm on Delta. She's like, they're having a big... uh, big systems outage um you should check and see if it affects you and i was like okay and so once i started digging in i was it was a monstrous monstrous outage that they had so right when i was reading all this they this was like 7 30 7 30 8 30 in the morning they released they um, instituted the waiver policy which allows you to get refunds on your flights which unless you buy the insurance or whatever packages you can't get a refund if you if your flight's canceled or you know you just use that money for something else um so once they instituted the refund policy i booked them i went and booked uh immediately on another flight and i was able to get on southwest um only a couple hours later than i was originally scheduled to fly out so i was super lucky right, that is not um, bad I, didn't, man. I don't think anyone yeah i, I was way lucky so i got home by eight o'clock that night um really only like two or three hours later than i was supposed to so i was super lucky but um just because i i did it uh quickly that morning and i didn't really hear of anyone getting stuck um in dc but i did have friends that uh got stuck in other parts of the country so yeah it's stunk and it's they're probably still uh i wouldn't imagine that i would imagine they're still behind today it was uh, my flight the problem the biggest problem was you go look at your flight. Like if I didn't look at the news, which I hardly did all weekend, but I look at my flight status, you go onto the Delta app and it shows your flight on time. That was one of the issues. That's, that's I, they so bad. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't update. They couldn't update any of their software. So everything looked normal. And, uh, you know, if my wife didn't tell me, I would have probably just waited for that flight and found out later that it was canceled, which it eventually did. My flight and didn't go that day. So they had a problem with a new a system they were putting in or something, right? I don't even know. The last I heard it was like a power. Oh, okay. Who knows? I mean, I hope they're good. I'm flying with them next week, so they better have it all fixed. That's (laughs) what I say. Get that stuff together. So we're going to talk about the actual pens that you may or may not have purchased at the show. But kind of Mm -hmm. to wrap up, you had a great time, it sounds like. Like, You're really kind of making me feel like this is a no-brainer for me to do this next year. It really seems like it. And... um. Should we just say what I'm thinking about doing? Just might as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Go ahead and throw it out there. Next year, we're thinking of uh, the Kickstarter being for to get me to both shows. So the money that we raise will be uh, will be proceeds towards me being at both shows, so Atlanta and uh, DC. And we will definitely be doing the Atlanta live show as always. And uh, we are looking at the possibility of doing a live show with an audience for DC. 
um, we're going to have to see how that goes. We'll definitely be recording in person. There will most likely not be video of the DC show, but we will mm-hmm. definitely be recording in person. But we may, we're unsure whether we'll have an audience yet. But so basically, that would be to, for us to be together twice to do two live shows next year one in DC, one in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta will be bigger and better, right? And DC, yeah. it will be like the first Atlanta one where we're trying to work out how we do it. So, so right now, it's most likely going to be uh, well, definitely just audio, and then we might be able to see if we can try and get a venue to have a small audience. That that part's up in the air, but that's the plan. And, you know, I think it's possible. We, we always have money left over for Atlanta that we do things with, um, but we could just use it this time to uh, to get me to both shows, which would be amazing. Yes, it would. So you can look out for that, I don't know, maybe early early next year. But uh, that's the plan. So I figure there's no point being cagey about it. That's what we're looking to do. And I think everyone will be excited about that. So Yeah, yeah. Definitely uh, something we have to work on planning-wise. But uh, yeah. that's the thought. I'm kind of saying it now so uh, it commits us. <laughs> right, I know, right? <laughs> so now everybody knows about it. We have to do it. All right, this week's episode is brought to you as well by a new sponsor, and that is Casper. Let me tell you about Casper. Casper is a company that is focused on giving you a better night's sleep. They have created the perfect mattress that it sells directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Casper has revolutionized the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms, and they pass their savings directly to you. You don't need to go to somewhere and sit on a bed and work out if it's going to be the right bed for you for the next 20 years. This is not a way that you should do things. This is the way everybody has been doing things in the past, right? You go to a showroom and you just sit on a bed with your shoes on. But that's kind of crazy. Wouldn't it be better if you could have a mattress at home that you sleep on for like, 30 days before you're sure if you want to buy it well that's what casper's all about you go online you take a look at their mattresses you find the one you want they will send it out to you and you get a 100 night home trial i mentioned that a perfect world might be 30 right but casper Mm. they give you 100 nights in the us and canada they'll do free delivery and free returns if you're not happy they will come and take it away but i know you're gonna love it and this is why their in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the casper mattress it's obsessively engineered at a shockingly fair price it combines springy latex and supportive memory foam to create a mattress that has just the right sink and just the right bounce plus its breathable design helps to regulate your temperature throughout the night their mattresses start at $500 for a twin size, $600 for a twin XL, $750 for a four, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king, and they're made in America. Fantastic prices. And as well as their mattresses, Casper now also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. Now, Brad, I believe you have a Casper mattress. I do. I do. Just got it recently. Um, it is so cool. Just not only just the way it's delivered, but the amazement of how it unfurls and then becomes like this legitimately awesome mattress is they bring it to you in a small box which is insane right i wouldn't call it small when the uh the fedex guy delivered it um i actually went out there and helped him lift it (laughs) (laughs) when i say small i mean it's like smaller than a mattress right (laughs) yeah yeah i was walking out he was uh he was taking it for a drag at the moment (laughs) so i went out there helped him bring it in bring it into the house and then um you know, I had to figure out where I was going to put it, and we put it in our guest bedroom. 
And it feels great. It feels different than any other mattress I've ever bought before because I've done it the old way, which is just torturous. Like it's really torturous buying a mattress in a traditional sense, going to one of those stores and, and having to deal with uh, the salesmanship and everything involved. And this completely allows you to skip all that and gives you a better, a better mattress to boot. So it's, it's wonderful to sleep in. It's so comfortable. It's, it's hard to explain because it's soft, but it's firm. It's like fully supportive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, reading through the documentation, it can lay like straight on a floor without any box springs or anything like that. It's that supportive. Um, and it's just, it's just very comfortable, really nice. Um, I can definitely recommend this mattress. It's uh, very cool. As I mentioned before, a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash penaddict and using the code penaddict at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much to Casper for their support of this show. I didn't know that about the fact you could put it straight on the floor. That's really cool, actually. So you could be like, you know, if you have like a cool loft somewhere, you know. It's like if you just sit on it, it's like sit on the edge, you're like feeling it like, oh, this is squishy and like comfortable and and like Mm -hmm. it supports you well. But then you lay down on it, you're like, wow, this is like really, really supportive, but it's still soft at the same time. It's kind of cool that way. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty nice. All right. So you were at a pen show. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you buy? So kind of the recurring theme of the weekend for me was... You know, I always ask people, you know, that are at the show and I'm working behind the table, what'd you get? You know, did you get, all right, have you gotten any trouble yet? You know, meaning did you spend a bunch of money? And we always talk about all the pins and pins and things that uh, everyone's buying. And um, people were asking me the same thing. What'd you get? And on Friday, the only thing I bought was some Kobe ink. So the um, shop um, um, Nagasawa Kobe um, attended the show for the first time in years. I don't know if they have ever been to the show, but I think they've been in years past. They brought a bunch of their inks, which are sailor inks, which I love. So I bought three bottles of ink from them. Um, for the record, I bought number 25, which is Tarumi apricot, which is a bright orange number 26, which is, I'm going to butcher Wadamisaki blue, which is a very bright blue. It's a very turquoise. It reminds me a lot of Omas turquoise. And then Kobe number 41, which is Suma Riku Rose, which is a hot pink, which is one of my new favorite colors that I'm using. I've, it's kind of the pinks have taken over the purples um, in my in my shopping list here recently. So that seems to be a thing. So for two days, all I had bought was this ink. Um, but where can you buy this ink, by the way? Like I'm Googling to try and put them in the show notes and I can't find them. Just from their shop. Um, I don't. I'll I'll get the URL for you um, afterwards. It might okay. just be nagasawa-kobe.co.jp would be my guess, but I could be way, way wrong on that. Okay. So, so anyway, they blew out all most of their colors um, throughout the show, and they brought some pens and things, a bunch of Sailor uh, Japan-only exclusives, but they were way overpriced, so I didn't buy any of those. I didn't I didn't feel the prices. Yeah, I found good. the website. It's in Japanese. I'll put it in the show mm-hmm. notes, and I wish you all the very best of luck. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> good luck with that. Is it Kobe Nagasawa or Nagasawa Kobe? Oh, I think, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Could be anything. I just call it Kobe, but I know that. that uh, anyway, um, the one pin that had caught my eye before the show that I knew I was going to be able to check out during the show um, was an Aurora Optima. So they have some really good, um, I like the shape and design of this pin. 
and they have some really nice colors. They even have some with gold trim that I like, which, you know, I actually hemmed and hawed on a few of these models, but they had two demonstrator models. One was a fully clear from head to toe demonstrator, and one was a mostly demonstrator model with um, red um, red finial and red end cap um, with this really beautiful acrylic. Um, so that's the one I ended up purchasing. I really, really love how this pen feels on my hand. I was able to get it with an extra fine steel nib, which is fan-freaking-tastic. It's just kind of a pen that's been on my radar for maybe the past few months as something that I would really enjoy. And once I get got to um, use them and test them out of the pen show, which we always say, you know, that's kind of a deciding factor for a lot of people when you finally get it in your hand and are able to test it out. How does it fit your hand? How does it feel when you're writing? This is perfect. I, I love the shape, the feel, the weight, the balance, the nib. Um, it's a piston filler. It's fantastic. Um, it's also clear, so I can see my ink sloshing around in there. I have the Tarumi Apricot. Is there any reason that I've never heard of this pen before? Uh, No. No, I not in particular. I don't know how long the Optima model's been around, but it's been around for at least a little uh-huh. bit. Um, I don't know the the historic part behind it, but um, how long uh, Aurora's been around a while? How long the Optima's been around? You've heard of Aurora, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is my first Aurora pen. Um, so that's another reason why I wanted to get it. So I this is a pen. I I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't try it because you probably like it, but um. You know, it, it's very cool. It's very cool. I like it a lot. And so I bought that from Bryant at Chatterley Luxuries. And Bryant always has like the most killer, killer setup. Um, and I was browsing around his table and saw a pen that I've listed after for years. And it was actually one of those pens that I very first saw in the Atlanta pen show before we were doing the pen attic stuff there. You know, this was back when I in you know, when I was like, woohoo, I just bought my first vanishing point. I saw this pen and it's an Omos pen and it's got this kind of triangular shaped barrel and this translucent um, material that it's made of. It comes in different colors, but this one's turquoise. And this was the first one I saw it. And I was like, wow, this is back in the day. I was like, wow, that's so expensive. That's a pen I'll never own. Well, Bryant had one in his table and uh, it's the Omos 360 in turquoise, and I couldn't pass it up. It's a pen I've wanted for years and years and years, and um, it, it came home with Bryant made me a good deal for for both the pens uh, together. So, um, you know, the, with the Omos, the only other Omos I have has the extra flexible nib, which is a little soft for me. This one has like a stock fine nib, and it writes really, really well. Um, it writes wonderfully. So, both of these pens were expensive. Um, so they were the only really two pens I bought. Um, I did buy a sailor, um, from, uh, my friend Gerald who writes at my coffee pot. This is a really cool sailor, a little small one. I'll, 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 uh, write it up soon because it's, uh, from a little shop in Japan. I thought, just thought it was a cool color, kind of a special edition that way. Um, so these two pens were my main purchases. I bought the ink. Um, I might have bought something for you. What? That um, that uh, will make you say what? What are you doing when uh when it arrives? So I'm gonna be sending I'm gonna be sending a care package to uh, Mr. Uh, Hackett's house for you to pick up. Poor poor Stephen, there is so much stuff waiting at his house for me. It's kind of unreal. 
<laughs> so you better bring the 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 proper luggage to carry all this stuff back because I not only have that I have a uh, another gift for you that someone dropped oh off God. wanted me to give you which is a huge surprise and I will say Stephen will be very jealous of hmm. um so this is uh I we're going to talk about so your purchase there there were a lot of people involved in this purchase for you. Um let's just say our good friend Thomas Hall oh, was involved. Right. Now I understand what's happening here. Because <laughs> he sent me a message. Okay. All right. I don't know what's going on here. Do you know what it is? I I I have an idea as to what it might be. Okay. Okay. Well, I think you'll you will enjoy it. Um, when it arrives. Yeah, if it's what I think it is, I'm very excited. <laughs> but there'll be some pr- some surprises in there too. So, um, so I wouldn't say my shopping was light dollar-wise, but I didn't end up with like a ton of pins. I bought two pins because they were very expensive and I don't have like an insane budget. But um, I'm r- ecstatic with the purchases. These are pins that I've been looking at for a while and um, was able to come home with them. And that's uh, I have been using them uh, religiously in the, the day and a half or two days I've been home. So it's the Aurora and the, what was the other one? Omas. The Omas. Omos 360. Omos 360. So you'll have to look up the Omos. I don't know if the Omos would be a pin for you the way the barrel shape. It's a triangular like one, it's, right? It's a, it, yeah. So it fits my hand very well. I have a very traditional writing grip, so it fits my hand perfectly. I'll tell you why it could work for me, because you know you use those little rubber grips when you're a kid. You remember like little mm-hmm. triangular ones? Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. Like I've used those, and they, they were totally fine for me. The thing is, I just don't, I just, I, it has that, that band that I don't, really don't like. I really, really don't like this. Is of all the Omas pens, this is maybe one of the mm-hmm. most beautiful, especially because you can get it in those bright, beautiful colors. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm really not a big fan of the the little um, band that they put around it with the with the logo. You know, like the little I don't even know what you call it, but like the repeating Omas logo. I really just don't like it very much. Yeah, so I think this one. This one is super subtle. I don't even know that you would notice on this when you okay. have it. It does not stand out okay. at all. Like what stands out on this pen is actually, I mean, number one, that's the size of it. It's not a small pen and it's all turquoise, but the clip is excellent on this pen. It's skinny and it's got this little curve up shape, but it's really, really tight. And um, I really enjoy the clip on this. So I, I don't think you would see that as like a standout feature like in a negative right. way like i don't think it would pop out on you well i'm looking forward to seeing some good photos of it then i'm sure there'll be some on the pen attic soon yeah so one more thing on dc i did buy something when i got home oh and so there's a new company out there called canalea uh pen company yeah i saw you post them uh on your instagram and i'm i was wanting to know kind of what the deal is and and what they're doing yeah so they're kind of the hit of the show uh for a lot of people they um so it's a gentleman named Hugh and his wife, Carol. They talked to me at last year's DC pen show and just wanted to say, you know, he, Hugh actually pulled me aside and, you know, said, I've listened to the pen and I've, you know, watched you build up knock and I want to just tell you what I'm thinking Whoa. here, you know, just about, you know, whatever I'm thinking about. He didn't tell me any specifics, but about, you know, starting a pen company and doing all this. So that was Whoa. a year ago. Oh, Brad. I'm on their website right now. (laughs) My word. Look at some of these. Yeah. Whoa. All right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I see him almost, 
I see him almost first thing out the gate on Thursday night when everyone's hanging out. And I was like, well, we got to go see Hugh and, and see what these pens are all about. And you walk up to their table and that's pretty much the reaction you just had. How are they making these? Whoa, what is this? How are they making these? I've never seen stuff like this before. So it's just this beautiful acrylic that was totally inspired by the scenes that they saw in Hawaii when they traveled to Hawaii. And I have to say that they actually have images that they worked they off image, of these photographs. On their website, they show the photos for like each of the pens and yeah. it's incredible. So they made the acrylic? I think Jonathan Brooks makes the oh. acrylic. So your buddy Jonathan who says, "Hey." Yeah, well. Well. So, um, now now I understand what's going on here. But I still I don't know how they did it so it's, well it's incredible. <laughs> to match up. Like, it looks like a photograph wrapped around a pen, except it's in an acrylic block with a lot of depth to it. Like, it's a stunning, stunning looking pen when you look at them. Yeah, I, re- I really, really, really want one of these. Well, I say one. There's maybe about four of these that I want. So, right, what, what right. nibs so, are they using? Um, it's just a stock Joe steel nibs. Okay. So, I will say this. They are... For an acrylic pen with a steel nib, they are crazy expensive, right? So, like, you know, if you get, like, a custom, you know, pen from Brooks or from Edison that's just acrylic with a steel, steel nib, you're probably going to pay in the 200s, um, 250 These are 395 But I'm wondering, like, the way the acrylic is done, you know, what is there more involved to have these specifics the specific builds of the acrylic, right? They're not just like acrylic, just like thrown into a, a mold and made. They're very, they're managed, if you will. And, and I don't know the, um, I don't know the proper terminology here. So like my, my feeling on this is like, yeah, I agree. $400 for an acrylic with a steel nib is expensive. However, I've don't, I've never seen stuff like this before. Right. And I feel like you can charge that premium when you've got something nobody else has got. So I just put in the show notes the one I ordered. I ordered the Kohala Sunset Fountain Pen. That's the one that took me um, when when I held it at the show. And they just had one at the show. Um, so they said I could buy it and then pick it up on, on Sunday just because they wanted to show it the rest of the show. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'll just let you show it and then I'll order it You know, when yeah, I get this, home. It was no big deal. One, I didn't have to... Well, this is one of the uh, the three that I want to buy. Yeah, so I think the most popular... Well, there's really two. I mean, there were two that were really popular. One is the uh, Kahakai fountain pen, the one with the ocean and the beach setting. And then there's another with the ocean breaking on the waves, which I don't see. Where is that one? You see, I really, uh, I I genuinely really want one of these. I want one so bad. When you see them in person, you will have no chance of not leaving with one. They're that good. I'm having this problem looking at their website right now, right? Like, let alone that. So, everything they did was so well thought out. Like, even, like, you know, we talk about packaging and how I'm not a packaging person, but their packaging is awesome. Like, you get this walnut box, like the presentation box. So, they did a lot of things that were... Everything is top tier. They Even, like, the, uh, the paper wrapper around the outside of the box, like the belly band has it's it's like a natural pulp with seeds in it so you can throw it in your in your yard and it'll grow flowers oh come on everything is like (laughs) everything is so well thought out it's crazy all right right. and uh 
I just told Hugh and his wife over and over again how impressed this I was. Is, yeah. For a first show. Everything that they... You know? Unbelievable. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So they, they took a year, and it was a year well spent to get it right. So they launched at the DC Pen Show. And, um, All right. You know me. I'm just seriously You know impressed. what I like. Which one of these should mm-hmm. I buy? I think I, I'm looking at them. Uh, I'm thinking probably the same one that you got. Yeah, so I'm trying to pull up the site. It's not. It's running a little bit slow. I'm trying to get to the whole list. Quite, quite honestly, I think we're we're bring, we're slowing it down a bit right now. <laughs> People, that, it was fine a minute yeah, ago. So, <laughs> so if you, so I had a problem at checkout. Hugh, I've talked to Hugh. Um, afterwards, he is having some issues with the site. I mean, I think they're just they're getting, getting going. You know, I ended up having to get him to send me a PayPal invoice for my pen. Um, is what I ended up having to do. So the one that I think. I mean, obviously, the one I ordered I thought was my favorite. The one that took me away at the show physically and is what was the most popular, I think, from everyone else was the Maui Makai fountain yeah, pen. Yeah, that's beautiful. That was the one that everyone I know ended up purchasing. That'll probably be my next one. But I wanted to get this this Koala Sunset with the three-tiered acrylic is something I just had to have. I, I just kept going back to that one. Like, I think the Maui Makai was probably my favorite. Like, if I picked them up, the way the clear acrylic, you will see through. Yeah, I think I like that one the most, actually. The Koala Sunset, like, impressed me more. But it's just crazy. They throw up these pictures next to these pins. I'm like, how did this happen? It's like, they captured it. It, it was crazy. So what, what, what nib should I get? It doesn't matter. See, that's why I just picked an EF nib, knowing that I'll switch it in. You know, I'll probably have some gold uh, Jobo nibs that I'll, I'll pop into my pen. Like, I don't even care. So what nibs could go in this? Just those? Um, so anyone that uses Jobo, like uh, Edison. Like, if like I have an Edison oh, gold yeah, nib, so pop it straight in there. Something like that. So I don't even care what the nib is. Oh, I've added the basket. Although my basket is empty. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on this. I'm working on this. All right. Yeah. Okay, I want yeah. I want one of so these. So anyway, you're, this is so this was the thing that excited me the most from the pin show as far as a new product launch. Um, they they nailed everything across the board. Um, you know, they're not obviously not sponsoring this, not paying for this. I didn't get a discount on my pin. Nothing. I just legitimately believe in what they're doing is really really beautiful. Um, really really beautiful pins, and I can't wait to get mine. Yeah, I want one bad, bad, really bad, really, really bad. Yeah, so this is going to be a thing. So uh, I I hope they're prepared. And I kept telling them that over the show. I was like, everything you did was, was, you can tell how much um, they put into it and uh, they delivered. So no doubt um, it's, it's going to be a thing going forward. So well, I'm I'm pleased that this is, this is kind of amazing stuff. Uh, I, I don't remember being this blown away uh, by something like this in, in a long time. In all honesty, yep, uh, I think and I think that was the general job. consensus. Yep, they've done an absolutely amazing mm-hmm. job with this. So uh, I'm going to buy one because one, it's amazing, and two, I want to support this new company. So right, everybody, there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to. So they're not a sponsor, uh, but go <laughs> go sell, go get them sold out, guys. This this is some, you know this is so within our wheelhouse. So before we spend uh, any more money for everybody, we should probably wrap up. If you want to find our show notes this week, head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 217. If you want to find Brad online, he is at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M on Twitter, and he is penaddict on Instagram, and you can find him at penaddict.com. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E on Instagram and Twitter. 
And uh, thanks again to our lovely sponsors this week, Harry's and Casper. And uh, we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>